I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, Geeky Dees? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. Mm-hmm. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and on the other line, keeled over with a dagger in her uterus, it's Caitlin McKinnon. Hey, everyone. I'm not usually horizontal, but this time I'm horizontal. I wish I was horizontal when we did this podcast. <laughs> it's a different interesting experience especially <laughs> since apparently every so often when i move my microphone it sounds like there's a hurricane yeah if it sounds like you know you <laughs> do not duck and cover if it sounds like the roof is about to come off your apartment it's just whatever caitlin does with her microphone we still have apparently it's either me breathing or making slight movements maybe it's a ghost that's right it's a ghost in the microphone a ghost in the machine in the shell as it were yes so this is our uh, fourth Skype episode? Yes. We've done more this year because of my state of my uterus. <laughs> yes. If you'd like to chronicle <laughs> the ups and downs of Caitlin's uterus, there are a few ways you can do that. First and foremost, <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. Give us a follow on there. You'll get all the uterine updates you can possibly stand for every time a new one goes live. Or while you're there, you hit subscribe. And then that takes you to Apple Podcasts. And if you hit subscribe again, a notification goes to someone who is always very concerned about Caitlin's uterus, Chauncey the Geek Down Internet Elf. It's true. He did a, a year of, of OBGYN care. <laughs> he did that in his off time? Yeah. So he finished project management. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> then he took a specialist in ob- obstetrics? Ob- obstet- obstetrics obst- gynecological? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Good for him. He always stays busy. That yeah. Chauncey. And when he's not checking in on the state of Caitlin's uterus, he's delivering hot piping fresh episodes of the Geek Down Pod directly into your ear holes. You don't have to do anything. They just come. You can also lie horizontally. <laughs> you don't even have to get up. Nope. You just lie there and Chauncey will be like, hey girl, what's up? I brought you some Geek Down. And you'll be lying there on the fainting couch with your like the back of your hand pressed against your forehead, just like, oh, Chauncey. Oh, man, I wish I had a fainting couch. You're the only one I can rely upon, you elven miracle. I would use that fainting couch all the time. All the time? You're that prone to fainting? Uh, yes. Like those, well, goat, those goats that get startled and just tip over? <laughs> yeah, that's me, basically, to a T. That and for reading. <laughs> for, from reading or for reading? No, for reading. Like, you, I could just be like, I need to go to the fainting couch and read these books. You faint into reading? Yes, exactly. If you would like to offer a reliable exorcist to get these ghosts out of Caitlin's microphone, there are a few ways you can do that. First and foremost, Twitter or Instagram, which are both at GeekDownPod. So we have an email address, which is GeekDownPod at gmail.com. Or why don't you come on through in that Facebook group, which it's is at www. Oh. Sorry, 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 sorry. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yeah, it is. It is. I can still do that part, <laughs> even with the ghosts in my microphone. Even with microphone ghosts and prone on a fainting couch. Yeah. She still gets it done. She's still here for you people. 
I try. Like I don't know what else we can possibly do for you. Invent a teleporter. <laughs> Invent a teleporter? Yeah. Or a way to just numb and heal Caitlin's uterus? I have to say, though, for those of who are concerned, it is getting better. Is it? It's just not. It is. It is, actually. Um, it's just not like, you know, hunky-dory. <laughs> That is the actual medical term, that's, according to Chauncey. That's the medical term. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't. If he's using terms like that, I think you need another OBGYN. I don't. Think I actually do. I, I do have have one. He's very good, um, and he he's nice because, uh, or he's particularly good, I should say, because he stops me from doing the Caitlin freakout, which is to think like way ahead of what the actual problem is like to make more problems <laughs> um and he's very like whoa 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 <laughs> one thing at a time so you have a dope so. doctor name like dr fox uh dr sweet Do- are you serious <laughs> i am serious that is so much better than the fake ver- example i gave <laughs> i know oh my god his name is dr sweet <laughs> yes and he's a very nice guy, too. Is he too sweet? No. No, he's pretty, he's good. He's very, like, to the point. Oh, my and God. If you were here, for, because it's a whole wrestling thing. It's like, you make oh, a little, like, wolf with your hands, and you, like, tap the snouts together, and it's like, too sweet. <laughs> I want you to do that to your doctor next time. Okay. Uh, he was wearing a Harry Potter sweater. Amazing. Um, he, oh, I think. I think it, it was a Gryffindor sweater. So I was going to make some crack about like, I don't know, you're Gryffindor. Uh, but <laughs> you, I was like. You ain't getting under these petticoats, Gryffindor. <laughs> but I was like, nah, nah, I, I, I'm happy to have a, a relationship at a distance. Though for a while there, I was seeing him like every week. <laughs> and I was like, this is too much. This is, this is not sweet. Dr. Sweet. Yeah. So as much as I like him, I'm glad I haven't had to see him in a long time. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Oh, I'm still going to Google him later. I'll see this guy. So we have some unfortunate business we have to get to. Oh, no. What? I am, if nothing, faithful to the democratic process. Even when the democratic process is wrong and incorrect. Okay. I'm not going to lie or try and manipulate the results. I will present them as they exist. So I said last week I'd put it to Twitter to finally settle this, squash this beef. Mm-hmm. The warm with warmer, warmer with snow. Yeah. The freezing with no snow debate that you and I have been having for the past couple of weeks. It's not a debate. With 67% of the vote, warmer and a ton of snow. Of course. Is apparently the preferred mode of winter. For you monsters. Travi, though, it is. Travi's got my back. That's it's just because he likes you. It's all that matters to me. Me and Travi know. You obviously don't know. And then what happened? And then what happened? The shit started melting, and then it got cold, and it froze everywhere. That's your fault. And it was just like Because you were all ice. like, I want it to be freezing no, 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 with no, no, no snow. No, no, no. Yeah, I want it to be freezing with no snow. The snow that already existed from your punk asses already like woo winter wonderland that shit all started to go and then it got freezing and became a death trap those of us who are just like yo just keep it freezing i will wear a ridiculous parka and walk on this bone dry pavement we were fine no 
you don't know what you're talking you about. Fine. So you can't go tobogganing. Y'all slip when y'all slip and bust your ass bone. Come crying to me. You know where I'll be? Standing solid on dry land. Be lying all wet, salty. Ah, my broken ass bone. It's your own fault. <laughs> I love how you've you've come up with this whole scenario. <laughs> this is what's gonna happen. It's going. It's going to. Don't do not come crying to me when you break your ass bone, because you're gonna. All right. Sure. But. But. Fine. Hey, you win. Great. I guess it's preferable. You're wrong, but it is preferable. It's so preferable. That said, though, I do need to like as much as I'm like y'all are wrong. I've I've noticed something recently, and it's only one dude on Twitter I've noticed it with, and I'm not going to put him on blast. But I feel like I'm down with the deliberate nuclear take in 2018. What do you mean? Like the second like people want to okay, so like. <laughs> I'm having a hard time, and this is, you know, strange for a dude who, like, hosts a podcast where we talk about similar type stuff. But it's like, you, you know I love to rag on the New York Times podcast. You know I love it. Yes. Yes, you do. It's my favorite hate listen in the world. Um, Because, and this is my, generally, everything in, in the world can be put into wrestling terms. I truly believe that. For you, it can, pro, yes. Pro wrestling applies to everything. And, this is how I feel about Jane Austen. Continue. <laughs> and... In wrestling, it's like doing what's best for the business or putting yourself over. Right. Putting yourself over means like, you know, trying to make yourself look cool, trying to put the best, you know, presentation on yourself as opposed for the business. It might, you know, it might be better for the business if you lose to this guy you don't really like. But that guy might become really popular and, you know, lift everyone up when he gets over. Right. So... You know, just lose to the guy. But if you're like, I don't think I should lose to him. He's not ready, blah, blah, blah. You're putting yourself over. You're going into business for yourself. The host of the New York Times podcast is very concerned about putting himself over. I see. I wish I wish I could have Lord grant me the confidence of John Caramonica's belief in his own coolness. Like, I wish. You wish that you could just have his aesthetic? <laughs> Yes, I wish I could have John Caramonica's aesthetic. Um, so I was listening to one where they were going, and they were talking about the Super Bowl, and they were talking about Timberlake at the Super Bowl, and this album that came out. And just it's like an hour devoted to how like Twitter decided to cancel Justin Timberlake. Because for whatever reason. Um, I don't understand. What do you mean cancel Justin Timberlake? Like, meh, we don't, we don't fuck with you anymore. Like Twitter decided we don't fuck with you anymore, Timberlake. Oh, okay. You know, he's one of the, like, the biggest pop stars in the world. And then the argument they were trying to make was that Twitter is one of the for Twitter turned on him and the internet turned on Timberlake with this last album that he put out. I, I read an not an article, but like literally a headline about this saying something about like Timberlake he made sort of his mark using a black cultural aesthetic and then when he was popular, like went back to white music. Um, not accurate. I think that's what people thought when the promo for this album started coming out. Okay. Um, cause it was very much like fucking him in a flannel out in the woods and you know, and everybody was prepped for that. Cause that's what Miley did a while back. 
Right. My yes, only, like, that, the article was like making a um, basically a comparison between them. Well, then the article did not actually listen to Justin's album. No, no, no. I mean the headline. I didn't read the article. Mm. It was just the headline. Because um, that's what they said about Miley. Is Miley got Miley got herself over on the backs of black artists and black culture, and you know having a bunch of women twerk at the MTV Awards or whatever, and then decided like, well, time to get them white dollars again. Back to country. Um, so of course, you know, black Twitter and a lot of the internet was going to go no, no, goodbye. I can't take. But like I can't take this argument from the podcast very seriously because never once in that whole like where did this distaste for Justin Timberlake come from did anybody mention Janet Jackson like he th- like the Super Bowl thing yeah because he threw her under the bus after the right. Super Bowl he like got out there and went like oh it wasn't me I'm Justin y'all love me I didn't know that was going to happen blah 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 and like didn't like try to defend her or like tell people to get over it because big deal it was a titty yippity dee. Uh, it was a blurry titty <laughs> from far away. It um, had this like cool tattooy gold thing around it. Yeah, it was like a nipple ring type thing. Um, yeah. But and now because he was coming, this new album came out, and he was coming back to the Super Bowl. A lot of people were like, "Oh, you come back to the scene of the crime, motherfucker!" Like <laughs> that—that's why the internet was canceling Justin Timberlake. And these two dudes on the podcast are like, they make no mention of that, like whatsoever. So already, I don't have a lot of time for your take. Because you're like right. seem to be glaringly omitting the biggest part of this, and also y'all do a podcast for an hour about how Timberlake's failing, and then the album comes out and it blows the fuck up, and it's got sitting streaming records, and you know, right. The version of this that is now manifesting is, of course, Black Panther, where Black Panther's out. Happy Black Panther weekend, everyone. Hope you're having a great yeah. Time. Happy Black. I have to talk about that for like a million years, but yeah, continue. I hope, I hope y'all are stunting. Uh, Twitter is giving me so much life this weekend. Um, But like one of the dudes on this episode of the podcast talking about Timberlake now want to hop on Twitter talking about like, I can see his point. He was trying to make the point where like, yes, representation matters, but y'all are putting too much into like what Hollywood tells you we are like, and this was a, this was a black guy making the arguments Okay, that, you know, Yes, representation matters. Yes, Black Panther is a good thing, but like it's not the second coming of Christ. That's always his like, which is something you know, I admit it's something I do as well. But like, I can like step back and be like, y'all enjoy, have fun, rock with it. This dude wants to get out of there and be like, y'all forget about Blade. What? <laughs> Blade was was okay. Y'all going, for, y'all going, y'all going out to stand for Blade as like, like it's not like Black Panther was the first black superhero movie. Okay, accurate. Technically, but this this movie has like an almost entirely black cast. It's got a black director. This is soundtrack and soundtrack totally going to be one of the best rap albums of the year. Surely, um, you know, very African set and based. Like compare, you cannot compare Black Panther to Blade. Like you're just arguing semantics at that point. And uh, like the the troll take, I'm totally over. I can't deal with the troll take in 2018 anymore. No. So just just stop. It's at the point where like I read the site the guy writes for who makes all these takes, and I, just by the headline, I know what's one of his takes. Really? Immediately, if I see it posted on Facebook where it's like blah 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 in the headline, I'm like eh, fuck it, I'll say it. I'm like this is a charity piece. 
This is by Justin Charity. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's the guy who makes all these takes. Yeah, no, no, no. I got that part, but I, I mean, I've never read any of his stuff. Um, so yeah, I just then no down, down with troll takes in twenty eighteen. Down oh. with troll takes. Down with clickbait. I feel like hopefully we're done with clickbait at this point, or at least we're all like wise uh, to it. No, because I got um an older population of people on my Facebook. Oh, well, hey, that's you did that. Yeah, but I'm anyways. You want to talk about Murder, and, She Wrote and Jane Austen <laughs> movies. Sometimes you got to deal with, you know. Uh, no, this is not. This is like family and friends of family. So and like friends, moms who I really like, but, you know, who will post things. And I'm like, oh, no. This man went that to the is, store for a loaf of bread. What he found will shock you. Yeah. Um. So there's still a lot of that. Still a lot of clickbait in that it it's not the exact same um, uh, equation. Like it's not what 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 you'll see next will shock you. But it's like inflammatory, right? Um, inflammatory. How? That just stuff. <sighs> So it hasn't happened in a while, but basically on my Facebook, every so often I'll see an article that has a headline that's super inflammatory, like, are vaccines really okay? Which, yes, they're, they're okay, um, but it, it just sort of, it, it's like they're made to kick up a discussion, mm-hmm. or I should say an internet argument where people yell at each other. Um, and I see lots of stuff like that. Um, from an older population. There is a video I posted a while ago about how to tell. It's, it was about a teacher who specifically goes into classrooms to explain to, to children how to tell if an article is real, quote unquote, or not. Like if it comes from a reputable source. Like the, the things you can do to check to see if what you're reading is correct. I feel like I need to give it to all the like 40 plus people I know. <laughs> and just be like, here, read, read this. This is how you'll know it's from a, a an accurate, reputable source. But that's what I mean by, by clickbait. It's not the same format exactly, but it's still made for people to click on the article and it causes a lot of fuss among, among people. Sorry, I'm distracted. That's okay. I did not realize that the uh, the Wonderfest is happening right now in Japan, which is what's Wonderfest? Uh, is that like, their like Comic Con? Uh, no, it's like a toy festival. Oh, or at least this is what tends to get announced there. Um, so I'm just scrolling through like pages and pages of upcoming Nendoroid photos. And <laughs> it ain't it ain't good, Kate. It ain't good. It ain't good. Oh dear, Persona Five Nendos. I really wish I had something to sell. Uh, a gorgeous sculpt of Akko from Little Witch Academia. I want to sell stuff. I wish I had like, you know how you're always what you, like, what I you spend, want to like, sell? Well, I mean, I want to make m- extra money, but I'd like, <laughs> if I had like a comic books or like, you know, figure figurines or something, I could just be like, here, buy this on eBay. Oh, you're trying stuff to offload. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Um, yeah, with the P 
pain in the ass involved in that. I have Loki wanted to sell all my comic books for ages, but just I it's would be such a huge endeavor at this point that I can't even muster <laughs> muster the energy. It's like three thousand comic books. Like holy shit. Like maybe if I found somebody who just wanted to buy the lot like locally. Be like, come and get them. Leave the money. Give the money to my parents. I will get it. I will get it later. But then my mom will want to be like, well, don't these things go up in value? I'm like, some of them, maybe. Yeah, you'd have to go through them. My friend Jeff spent a ton of money getting each one of his comic books appraised and and boarded and like wrapped. It's called slabbed, Caitlin. Slabbed. The C, the CD, the CGC. The Comics Grading Commission. Yeah. Where, yes, you go, you send them away, and then somebody looks at them, and they put them in, like, a hard plastic thing with, like, a, and seal them with, like, an official... Oh, no, they didn't, he didn't seal them. No? No. No, it was a guy, it was a, he, the guy put, appraised them all, um, but he didn't, like, like, he put them in the plastic, but he didn't, he didn't, it wasn't a hard plastic. Well, that's not universally recognized. Wasted your money, Jeff. I don't think he did. <laughs> he does all this research, like crazy research. Like if I wanted someone to research something for me, it'd be like Chauncey or Jeff. Like those are the people. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Let's. We were. We were ta- I was talking about Facebook. Um, <laughs> I can continue if you want. You were talking about Facebook. I got distracted by beautiful, beautiful toys. I can reel it back. I swear. <laughs> reel it. Do it. Okay. So this whole the, the whole Facebook thing that's going on, it's very much how I feel about like um, no one should be allowed to comment on anything. Twenty eighteen, uh. like you see, like Toronto Star, like doesn't let you comment, or there's a couple newspapers that's just like no more commenting. Oh, comment threads. No. I've how long have I been yelling about comment threads? Oh, you don't you don't read the comments. Nothing. Especially as a woman, <laughs> you just don't read the comments. Just nothing good has ever come from a comment thread with very little exception. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I feel about like inflammatory posts. I'm like, you know what? No, like, like yesterday I saw an article about like this, this random thing, uh, causes cancer. And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't cause cancer. (laughs) Everything causes cancer. Stop. Stop. Everything does cause cancer. Um, so yeah, damn with comment threads. I just don't think people should be allowed to comment on Facebook or on anything anymore. Like it's getting to the point where I'm like, unless it's like, uh, like a puppy picture and someone's like, Oh, what a cute puppy. Right. Like I just don't think you're, you should be allowed unless it's cute. (laughs) You're not allowed to comment on it anymore. Only commenting on cute things. Yeah. And only if you want to be positive about it. This This is why I follow the, the sheeps feed on Twitter. What is a sheep? A Shiba Inu. You know, you know, Doge. That's the breed. That's the breed of dog. Doge. Yes. Is. Yes. That's the breed of dog. Oh, they're not even the cutest breed. What are you doing with your time? I don't know. This one that's just on my Twitter feed right now is pretty <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Hold on. Is there your messenger right now? I'm gonna send it to you right oh. now. Okay. Live, live messenger right now. Yeah, I'm sending you the sheep right now. You're going to tell me. Oh, my God. It's so cute. His bum can't fit on the curb. Look at his little, like, like pack that he has. His bum is too big for 
Oh, he's for so the cute. Curb. Oh. He's so fluffy. Follow us on Twitter at GeekdownPod. You can find dope retweets like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just retweeted it. Um. Also, like, see, cuteness brings the world together. Cuteness does bring the world together. You know what else brings the world together? What? The Geek Down Podcast. It's true. It is true. We try. Friends, can you tell there's no news again? <laughs> well, a lot of the news was Black Panther related, it which is great Black because related. I'm like, I've loved T'Challa for so long. Ever since, I've got to say, again, because people don't realize this, I did not really come to comic book characters through comic books. It was all like animated TV shows. Mm-hmm. By and large. Um, so basically T'Challa showed up on Earth's Mightiest Heroes and I was like, who is this god? Um, and then started reading a whole bunch of stuff about Black Panther and T'Challa and T'Challa! I like him so much. I love him. I'm really excited to see the movie. I'm seeing it this week. Um, but I wanted to like wait until, you know, I don't like seeing theaters when the theaters are really packed. Oh, and they um, were going like, to be packed this week. Yes. So I wanted to wait till it, you know, just diminished a little. Um, and uh, and the other stuff was like more terrible men being terrible. Like that's every week now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did I miss the latest update in dudes being terrible? Just I mean, we've actually talked about it and there have been quite a few articles about it even before the like. I guess you could say, like, the big, before the Harvey Weinstein, like, big movement, mm. Me Too type thing, um, we talked about dudes being terrible in publishing. Mm. And apparently there's more publishing stuff now. No. Coming to light, which is always just, like, great. This is super awesome. No matter where you turn, it's always terrible for women. Yeah. I have not been keeping up on that. You can't. You can't. Or you would. The, the cutest dog in the world couldn't bring you back from that black hole. I don't know. This photo of a bunch of little black girls at a Black Panther screening. <gasps> and they all have their weapons? Yes. Oh, my God. I bawled last night. That's bawled. Ma- that's making everything okay right now. <laughs> Look at this one in front. She's adorable. <laughs> and then there was this She's other little so picture of this. Of this little boy who's like got the mask and the like the the Black Panther claws and his I think it's his cousin and she was like or maybe it's his aunt and she was like my like nephew um always wanted he said he wanted to like be white because all his favorite superheroes were white but now he's just like all about Black Panther and mm. I was like oh god I can't I can't um and so that guy who wrote that article about, like, what about Blade? I'm like, dude, come on. It's totally, totally a different thing. Like, you want to run down for Blank Man and Meteor Man? Yes, those were important movies. And Robert Townsend and Damon Wayans and all those guys took a chance back in the late 80s, early 90s. And they should be saluted for that. But, like, and we cannot forget that, like, the reason Black Panther exists is because Marvel saw money. Like, yeah. Like, let's get some of that money. However, them going to Coogler and Coogler deciding to be like, yeah, I don't need to do this, but if I do yeah. it, it's going to, this is how it's going to go down. Like, that's what, that's what is being celebrated here. The, the in front and behind the camera elements here. 
And the fact that it's made like um, two two sixty million was the last last box I office smash, I saw. I just wanted to smash every record ever. <laughs> like I just am like all the black. I want a trilogy of Black Panther movies. Um, I haven't even seen it yet, and I'm like, yes. Okay, was like, I'm, I'm here for the sequel immediately. I would. You know what would be the best? A Captain Marvel Black Panther movie. That is basically my heaven. Here's here's hoping. Here's hoping Captain Marvel gets the same sort of uh, celebration. Probably not the because it's a woman. Black Panther did. <laughs> hey, now she said it, y'all. What? <laughs> it's true. All all of the the boys are going to come out of the woodwork. They're going to try and like tank it on IMBD and tank it on like it's just it's not going to go well. Right. Um, I'm hoping we already that... saved Ghostbusters. We got to save our superheroes. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, you know, fingers crossed, but I'm not expecting it to. I'm not expecting it to do as well as Black Panther in any in any way. I just I want it to be a good movie. Would you like it to do better than Ant-Man? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, if it did <laughs> amazingly well, I would be absolutely thrilled. But I just I don't know, right? I I don't know. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high. I don't know why um discussing that put me in mind of this, maybe just superhero movies or whatnot, but there was one random story that blipped up on my radar this week. Uh and that is that we talked about um Zack Snyder leaving the Justice League project and just kind of like taking his yeah. break from all that and it mm-hmm. being related to the tragic suicide of his daughter. Um, but he may have been fired long before that. Oh, did you see this story? No, I did not. So there's a reporter named Josh Dickey who worked in entertainment and like, you know, sources say type of stories in the entertainment industry. Uh, but he is leaving. He's getting out of that industry. Right. <laughs> and he's like, fuck it. Oh, my God. And airing out some shit he's heard over the years. Uh, And one of his claims was that Snyder did not leave the Justice League project voluntarily, but was instead fired from the film. This has since been been backed up by Collider, reporting that Warner Brothers fired Snyder in January or February 2017, months before Snyder announced he was stepping away from the project. Um, Quote, said Collider's Matt Goldberg. I also heard Snyder's rough cut of the movie was unwatchable. A word that jumped out at me because it's rare you hear two separate sources use the exact same adjective. <laughs> of course, even if that's true, there's obviously more to the story since rough cuts can be fixed up with reshoots, rewrites, etc. Uh, the sensitive nature of Snyder's family tragedy played a part in keeping the story from being reported, according to some. It also seems that no one was willing to go on the record to confirm or deny whether Snyder left or was fired. <laughs> it's no secret the studio wanted better critical reception on the DC properties, sources told. The rap. They're, they're a mess. They are an absolute mess. The rap later reported executives at Warner's first raised major concerns over Snyder's work in mid 2016 after Batman v Superman. Those same executives pleaded to have Snyder removed from Justice League and give the project to someone else. Not currently scheduled to direct a DC film, but he is a producer or executive producer on upcoming pictures such as Wonder Woman 2 and Aquaman. And all this comes from. Uh, recap on Polygon, but yeah, that's, yeah, I feel so sorry for him, like absolute tragedy in his family. Um, but his movies are a mess. 
not just his. It seems like, I mean, besides Wonder Woman, which is the only DC movie, I think, I guess I saw Superman, the, the first one. Mm. Um, and Wonder Woman, besides those two, I haven't seen any of them. And I don't really want to. Like, I saw Justice League was <clears throat> on um, on Netflix, I think. Is it? I think so. Oh, shit. I saw something, and I was, or maybe it was uh, Suicide Squad or something, and I was like, eh, I've got no interest. <laughs> But I've seen, like, I've watched Marvel films that have shown up there. And I mean, yeah, you know, you you are well aware with my not dislike, but just kind of disinterest for Marvel movies. You can imagine my disinterest in DC movies. Yeah, but as someone who knows how good they can do, like, I mean, I mean, you know, we've watched um, just uh, Young Justice, yeah. right? DC can do amazing things. But they keep on giving – I mean this is a uh, bigger issue because they keep on giving uh, white men properties and like not taking a chance on other people to tell different stories. And I think it's a mixture of the same stories being told and – but trying to mix it up with too many explosions <clears throat> and twists and turns and CGI that – kind of mangles these what could be really good stories i mean the heartbreaker for dc is like they have arguably the best characters you got superman and batman and again when anime like justice league unlimited fantastic they do great things with those characters um one of the best episodes is when they use like all their c-list characters in an episode god i love c-list dc so much it's so good and, like, there's not really, like, C-list Marvel. Like, do we know C-list Marvel? No. But uh, C-list Squirrel DC. Girl was the closest to it for the longest time. Yeah. Wood, wood God. Um, Where's all my Wood God stands at? Oh, and also, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, yeah. there is some good stuff there. But I, I would say people are more familiar with C-list DC. Um, and they're, they do bring them out of the woodwork a little bit more. Um, Mr. Terrific, a show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love Mr. Terrific. Um, and yeah, I just, DC's writing animated wise has been fantastic. Um, Marvel. Okay. Um, but like we said, you know, when you compare the X-Men television show with Batman, the animated series, yeah, <laughs> Just, like they're worlds apart. Why would you ever? Um, so they can do good things. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm actually glad because for a long time I was like, what? No one's going to question Zack Snyder and his terrible movies. But apparently they did. I mean, I can understand why they didn't want to release it or talk about it. But it makes sense that he was asked not to uh make any more movies well, i mean if you own a bakery and down the street is another bakery that also makes the same things you do but the bakery down the street makes you know 200 million dollars every weekend and, and your, your bakery makes 60 million dollars every weekend you're gonna start and, looking at the baker like and also your bakery like the bakery down the street is making like really good bread and your bread is not great with with ingredients like sourced from not the best sourced ingredients, but it's still making amazing bread out of it. Yeah. Whereas you've got all the top shelf ingredients, but you're just making meh, your bread's meh. 
Your bread's meh. <laughs> Make better bread, DC. God, stop putting raisins in it. Shit. Listen, do we have to do, have to make a Twitter poll again? Um, about whether raisins are fine. Should... What are you talking about? I've been on my raisin brand kick for the last like two months. Okay. Every morning, love me some raisin bread. So, I love senior correspondent. Also, it's our five year anniversary. Go us! Woo. Um, <laughs> but there is a couple things that I look at him and I go, how how do I continue my relationship with you <laughs> like i find out something and i'm just like how am i in love with you this is insane one of the things is he we had a discussion once a very serious discussion about cookies mm-hmm. and he told me that he would choose an oatmeal raisin cookie over oatmeal chocolate chip cookie i mean you don't choose raisins over but i mean raisins right? are getting a, listen, raisins are getting can we admit that raisins are getting a bad rap lately I don't know where raisins became the Justin Timberlake of the fruit world. Like, I don't know when everybody decided raisins were canceled, but it just seemed to happen you, one I day. Could like, you, I could tell you how this happened. <laughs> tell me. Speak. Because all these fucking people out here being like, I want healthy snacks, putting fucking raisins in my chocolate chip cookies. This is a problem. Okay. <laughs> and people like senior correspondent who are like, yeah. I'd rather have raisins in my oatmeal cookie. They have problems. Serious psychological issues. There's no rather having raisins. It's not it's not rather having raisins. If I walk into a place and all they have is oatmeal raisin, I'm not like this is bullshit and I'm throwing I'm turning the table over. I'm like, this is fine. I like a good oatmeal raisin cookie. But if I walk in and there are both, you don't choose the oatmeal raisin. It, see, no, but this is it. It is bullshit because there would have been an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie if this whole health kick hadn't been like, oh, I know. Instead of chocolate chips, which are delicious and amazing once you put them in a cookie, um, we're going to put fucking raisins. So now all of the cookies that would have had chocolate chips now have raisins in them. Caitlin, be like, they shouldn't even been there in the first fucking place. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There are so many times I can't eat very many things at Tim Hortons mm-hmm. because they just like lace it all with dairy. Um, but I can eat a, a tiny bit. So when it comes down to it, if I'm really needing something, you know, my blood sugar's dropping, I'm about to yell at someone, I'll be like, hey, you know what? I'll get a cookie. It'll be fine. Except do you have any idea how many times I've been like, what kind of cookie is that? And they're like, oh, it's oatmeal raisin. Or I think I bought an oatmeal cookie chocolate chip cookie and it turns out to be oatmeal raisin do you have any, any idea how crushing that is <laughs> <laughs> i have to look at so many dog pictures after that <laughs> <laughs> she's got she's got a folder on her phone that just says raisin dogs <laughs> you unexpectedly encounter raisins in the wild and you just need to look at a, look at a pupper just just tiny Yorkshire Terriers being adorable. <laughs> Sitting in teacups, looking all oh cute. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> They're like, we're here for uh, you, Kate. We understand raisins are stupid. Yep. They know. Well, you know what's better than raisins, Kate? What? The things we watch. Much better. What have you been watching? Um, What have I been watching? Uh, oh, Star Trek ended. Well, Star Trek ended. Yes. We can speak to the whole season now. 
Um, it man, it went out with a whimper. Oh, really? Like I kept on expecting like another big twist, you know, uh, and it didn't happen. There are still very much like plot holes, <laughs> like huge gaping plot holes, which I'm hoping they'll address in the second season. Now that we've had a very twisty first season, I don't know what's going to happen in the second. Like, how can you make the second season better than the first season? The first season felt like a really long movie. I don't know how they're going to up the ante for the second season. Mm -hmm. I'm still mad at them for killing Hugh. Um, Sure. He is one half of the gay couple uh, in the crew. Mm Mm-hmm. There may be other gay couples, but the featured gay couple. Um, and I kind of hope with this whole, like, timey-wimey, different, um, like, dark universe thing that we'll get, like, a hue come back somehow. That would make me happy. Um, I don't know. I just, I still kind of, like, I enjoyed watching it, and I did like the twists, but my favorite episode was still the episode where it was like the the problem of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the best episode overall. Had, uh, the, had the most diplomacy in it? N- no, it just was it was it was funny at parts and it got the whole crew to sort of work together. Um, and that's what I liked. But yeah, I think and it, and it was its own it was kind of its own self-contained episode. Everything else is part of a long story arc. Um, and it featured mud, which is, you know, always a good time. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm still kind of, I'm not on the fence. I kind of have a good idea of what I felt about it. <laughs> it wasn't Star Trek, but it was Star Trek. Um, it, it has a lot of problems, but I did enjoy watching it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And you'll be back for season two. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I want to see what they do with it. I don't know how else they can surprise us, <laughs> but we'll see. This is why, this is why those takes were flying about like twist for twist sake last year. That's true, but I enjoy a good twist when, when a show can catch me off guard, like dark, that is impressive. What about if I had cookies over here one day and I told you they were chocolate chip, but they were just brown raisins. But that's just mean. <laughs> you were just a mean person at that point. It's not a twist. No, knowing, knowing my love of here. You know what? You're right. They're mean because they killed Hugh for no reason. There you go. There was no reason to kill Hugh. Absolutely not. Killing Hugh was the raisins of Star Trek. Killing Hugh was the raisins of Star Trek. That is going to be my Facebook uh, <laughs> post today. And that's all? Just Star Trek? Star Trek, I'm trying to think. It was one of those crazy weeks again. You would think my job was saving the world. But that's just how I think of my job. <laughs> so it's just working all the time. I feel like there was something else I watched. I think I, you know what? Give me a second to think about it. What did you watch, Jordan? Oh God, I watched so much this week. Um, you hate to try and frame these things as like, you know, there can only be one, 
black comedian who we all love. Right. But people are going to make comparisons. So I will make comparisons. Okay. And say that the new Chris Rock special is better than all four of Dave Chappelle's recent specials combined. Ooh. Is that shots fired? <laughs> yes and no. I mean, they're doing different things. I mean, two of Chappelle's shows are basically like him unprepared and just kind of riffing. Like, right. It's one where he's literally just does an hour at the comedy store just kind of talking about stuff. And they're also much more topical. Um, like for the most part, rock doesn't engage with a lot of the things that kind of brought down Chappelle's specials, whether it was like okay. transgender people or the Me Too movement or things like that. Like Chappelle tried to say some things about those moments in history, not always successfully. Rock, for the most part, doesn't. I mean, his first joke is like, you think every so often the cops will kill a white kid just to make it look good. Right. Um talks about things like that he has a long stretch about how like if you don't it's in the trailer like if you don't if you have a black son and you don't punch him in the face that's child abuse because you have to teach them how the world <laughs> the world is uh, my i've trained my daughters that everything white in the house it's either hot heavy or sharp yes <laughs> just want them to yeah. know i gave him vanilla ice cream with glass in it <laughs> <laughs> that's what whitey will do motherfucker it'll cut you um and he gets really personal for maybe the first time he went through a divorce he apparently had a porn addiction he talks about that um and he does have one kind of clunker on caitlin jenner but his his take was like i'm not calling caitlin jenner a hero because you know i'm not putting her with like nine one one firefighters like do, do we forget when she killed a dude like yeah seriously <laughs> she ran a dude down like i agree like people seem to they can't people can't this is the whole issue of when people you find out they're scumbags but they've made something you love yeah like people are very like black and white there can't be any kind of gray um and i think people have to like look at the whole picture which can be very hard for us as humans. We like to put things in boxes. No human being um, like, is ever just one thing. Yeah. You can't just have heroes or villains. Um, anyways. Yes. So, well, I'm, did you enjoy it? I did much more, much more than Chappelle's Chappelle's specials were kind of a drag at times, which was mm -hmm. really disappointing. Um, given how much I and many other people loved him throughout our lives. Um, but yeah, Rock Special was still suffered from some of the like, I am now older and getting older. Right. And don't quite understand some things. Uh, although he did have a nice bit about <laughs> after he got divorced, uh, seeing Rihanna at a party and thinking like, oh, all right, let's get back into this. <laughs> and so, you know, like, it's like, you ever forget how old you actually are. <laughs> Rihanna looked at me like I was her auntie. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, that was very good. And the other thing I really like dove into, um, I think I talked about it when the first season aired was I have no, and I have no good reason for watching it. And I'm sure people will be like, what is a <laughs> one day at a time? Oh, that's, I know that that's the, um, the revival of the like sitcom that's on Netflix. Yes. It was, uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, I think it was a Norman Lear sitcom, Norman Lear. If you are an amateur student of television history, he was a guy who 
produced All in the Family and Mod and um, Good Times and I think also the Jeffersons. Like a lot of sort of socially progressive sitcoms in the 70s and 80s. And one of these shows was One Day at a Time, which was about a single mom. And I don't know where, but she raised two daughters, one of which was very um, so left-leaning, socially progressive, you know, burn your bra type of thing. Right. Well, the mom would just kind of roll her eyes. And um, that show, that version, the original version of the show sometimes gets shit on because they had this uh, supporting character named Schneider, who was like the building super. Yeah. It was like one of those like Steve Urkel situations where the show kind of became about Schneider. Oh, because that's unfortunate. He was apparently like the breakout. He won an Emmy. No one else on the show ever did. And it kind of became like the Schneider show. So this version is set in, I believe, the Highland Park area of Los Angeles uh, about a single mom raising two kids. She lives with her mother. Uh, they are Cuban-American. And the daughter is queer and very militant. And the Schneider character in this show basically is he's kind of a genius character. The guy who plays him is like store brand Paul Rudd. I've always said that, and you'll see it immediately if you ever watch the show. Amazing. He uh, he's really good, but he's like he's never made the center of the show. Like none of the plot right. lines ever like revolve around him. Um, and he's like he owns the building, but he's like a you know rich hipster, out of touch hipster who like he's a recovering drug addict um, and just really wants to be in the family, <laughs> like because <laughs> he doesn't really have one. <laughs> he just really wants to be a part of their family. I remember last season there was a moment where he came storming into the apartment wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt and everybody was like, yo! <laughs> Nuh-uh! <laughs> He's like, what? Uh-huh. Viva la revolution? <laughs> um, and for the most part, the show is just a dumb, comf, multicam sitcom. Like, it's not... Right. It's also very, like, stage-like. These, okay. are all, these are all theater people for the most part. Acting in the show, uh, the goddess Rita Moreno plays the uh, plays the mom, like the mm-hmm. the mom's mom, the grandma, and she's just divine in everything she does. Um, although they really shoehorned in a blatant West Side Story <laughs> reference for her to say in there, so the audience <laughs> can go ah woo. <laughs> but things like that will happen, or if there's like so the I think in the first episode of this season, Alex the son, um got sent home from school or a field trip or something. Cause he punched a kid and it's like, why did he punch a kid? And he's been really had an attitude around the house and what's going on with him and blah, blah, blah. And he ended up punching the kid. Cause the kid said, go back to Mexico <gasps> or like, I'm going to call ice and have you haul back to Mexico. And as you then lead into a discussion about like, you know, the only part, nobody ever realizes how the, all the times we don't punch somebody, like they only remember right. the time we do and this stuff keeps happening and it's not right. And it's very like, it's very preachy, but at the same time, it's also for Iowa, right? Like, yeah, I live in a major metropolitan left-leaning area of the world. I look at that and I go, okay, you don't need to hector me. Like I'm on board, but you know, for somebody, for some young and watching this out in middle America, randomly, that's probably needed. So on the one hand, you'll have these really kind of like mm, preachy, overly dramatized type of part moments, but then you'll have this episode the mom is a nurse studying to be a nurse practitioner. She served in Afghanistan as a medic. 
and still suffers from PTSD. And there's an episode where she has now gotten a boyfriend. The kids are doing well. Everything's cool. And she's like, I don't need my meds. Oh, no. And it's a really dark and intense episode dealing with mental health and cultural being raised in a culture that is like shake it off type of thing. Right. And her clashes with her mom, who's always kind of had that mindset about like, you know, you know, you don't need these things to her, like eventually running down to see Schneider and Schneider being like taking his glasses off and being like, you know, it's not my fault. I need these, but do you want to go for, for a drive with me? Like, yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. So you get both and it's like 12 episodes long on the season. Um, and it's hard to say if the sitcominess will outweigh the um, the more poignant moments that I enjoyed, but they are there. And the show does have treasures like that if you're willing to sit through them, sit through the awkward sitcommy moments that are scattered in between them. But I mean, listen, Netflix is a network at this point. Like, we just need to admit that. Yes. The amount of shit oh, that yeah. they pump out every week. Um, I'm already hearing about, like, Babylon Berlin or something like some historical German show that's out there. His Germans just dark kicked in the door and now Germany's like, woo. <laughs> German stuff. Well, that, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, continue. Continue. An interesting take I heard from that. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about this Berlin Babylon show and how the showrunners for that were mentioning how like somebody read an article where they were saying like, the idea of prestige TV didn't exist in Germany for the longest time mm-hmm. until like Netflix came in with a bunch of money. It was really like schlocky before that. So it's like what we're seeing through something like Netflix is like the global versions of prestige TV kind of reflected back. Right. Cause these are now showrunners who watched breaking bad or the wire or the Sopranos or mad men. And now they're making their own versions and giving it back to North America. And that's really cool. Really cool to it's see. An, it's a nice, it's a nice cultural exchange for once. Yeah. As uh, opposed to, you know, America just making everyone fat with sugar. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. This winter needs to end. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did remember the things I've been watching. Yeah. So when you brought up, um, when you brought up stand-up comedy, yeah, I ran into this stand-up comedian named Julio Torres, who is a writer for SNL. Like you bumped into him on the street? No, on YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, I spend a lot of time. So the one problem with Netflix, speaking of Netflix, is that they don't have any like live stuff or any sports stuff um or any of the you know like actual cable nighttime shows right yes you get clips of like ellen and um um you know seth myers and stuff on on youtube and julio torres showed up on uh jimmy fallon and he kind of is like uh uh what was, was it Seth from SNL, that skit where he names all of the, the clubs in New York. Stefan. Stefan. That was it. So he's kind of a real life Stefan. (laughs) Um, and he's weird and wonderful. 
Is he the head uh, writer? I feel like I heard, maybe I heard his name mentioned in a story about SNL in general and just how like they're kind of finding a focus again under him. And he's, you know, admittedly really weird. And some of the weirder sketches oh, yeah. have been I a result of him. Yeah. It's gotta be him. Um, he's this, so he's this, uh, um, he talks about it quite a bit, uh, gay vegan. And from, uh, where did he say he was from? I can't remember. Maybe it's Puerto Rico. Um, but he, he's really weird and I absolutely adore him and I've just like watched everything I can stand up bits, um, late night bits, like random things he's been in. He's just a strange guy and he's like a unicorn. Uh, he's a, he's a unicorn stand-up comedian and I love him. Um, so if you get a chance, people out there go watch anything he's in and tell me how much you love him. Julio Torres. Julio Torres. The other thing I have been watching a lot of, which I can't believe I forgot about was, uh, figure skating. (laughs) Of course. Because it is the Olympics. And we need to talk about a certain bromance. Do you, have you been watching any of the figure skating? I think I have the vaguest sense of just the, the love that has been pouring out for all the medalists in the men's. Is this what we're talking about? Specifically between Han Yu and his like best friend ever, Fernandez. There is like, this has been going on for years. They're like super best friends, but they keep on. Like, usually Han Yu, who is the gold, he's the first uh, men's skater to win gold two times in a row at the Olympics in, like, 66 years or something. Something crazy. Mm-hmm. He's Japanese. And him and his friend, Fernandez, and Fernandez and Tian Yu for a long time were, like, one person would be first, the other, then the other person would, would be a first place medalist. Like, back and forth. They have the greatest romance. There are whole, like... Twitters that are just about this and Instagrams that are just about their bromance. Um, and it is amazing. Um, but other than that, the skating has also been fantastic. I'm just, I have a time, I have an article from time.com right now. The internet is head over heels for the user Ohanyu and Javier Fernandez figure skating bromance. Yeah. It's like actually amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah. Anyways, I just love it. And it reminds me so much of Yuri on Ice that it's giving me life right now. <laughs> As I am in pain in bed and I'm watching their romance, I'm like, yes. Um, and I like to feel that like Yuri, Yuri, Yuri on Ice somehow has something to do with Han Yu doing so well. <laughs> well, we already had the pairs duo dance to the, uh, the ice dancing or pairs. I don't remember. I think it was ice dancing. Yeah. Um, Dance to the Yuri on Ice piano theme in like on like the second day of the Olympics, and I was already like, <laughs> <laughs> "When's it coming back?" Oh my God, I love this show so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have like no idea what's happening with the with the Olympics. Although <laughs> I saw some, what the hell was it? It was some. It was like a headline about like you know whoever takes skeleton gold <laughs> for Britain. <laughs> And then the tweet was like, no, you fool, you've cursed us all. Because <laughs> I love puns. 
Uh, and the only other thing I watched, ooh, got to settle in. We'll do it briefly. Oh. Hi, welcome to Borgen Break. I'm Hal Ferguson. <laughs> I'm uh, Caitlin McLeod. <laughs> you, you switched it, but it's good. It works anyway. It works uh, anyways. I've only managed to see one more episode. It's basically just the aftermath of the election, as everybody tries to do Birgit dirty and try to like wrest power back from her and try is to be she, like is she is she still being her like strong independent self uh trying to be has has she, listen power is a new is a new state of affairs for her right yeah and she's it's got, a new beast she's got to basically get told by her uh by her, her homeboy was it bent is that his name i don't remember um he's <laughs> he's very fluffy looking he looks very comfy um he's just basically like the only thing that matters is who can count to 90 it's like that's it it doesn't matter who's been there first doesn't matter who's been in the seat longer like she's setting up all these meetings with the other parties right to try to like form a parliament she's been like she starts off with like her meeting the queen and inadvertently like shit talking the queen because she keeps making her wait (laughs) Uh. every time she does some you know some royal guard comes out (laughs) And it's like, she's going to make me, how long, you know, how long is this woman going to make me wait? Uh, it'll just be a couple more moments. Oh, <laughs> everything's fine. Um, and, you know, it's a thing where you go and you meet the regent, you know, you meet the regent, I guess that's correct terminology. And they're like, form a parliament in my name. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, you know, very formality type of thing in the British model. And she goes off and tries to do this and she's been named the one of the Royal investigator. I think they term it the one who's like in charge of like getting a parliament together. All right. And she's not trying to meet with the other parties and everybody wants, you know, a certain amount of ministries to be in charge of. And when it comes time to meet with the, uh, who the hell was it? The labor party, the one who got caught in the scandal in episode one. Yeah. They're supposed to meet at like her party's offices, but, and they kind of like make a power move to have her go to the prime minister's office where he's like sitting there, like looking very prime ministerial, even though As she's, they do, even though she's the one, you know, in the, in with the advantage. Yeah. Um, and that's why her home, her cuddly homeboy, her fluffy looking homeboy gets all mad being like, why would you, why would you go there? Like, you know, they're playing you like you are the one in the position of power here. And that's a recurring theme throughout the guy, the alt-right guy shows up. And it's basically like, why do you sound like a loser? Uh, oh, and you should sit at the, you know, don't sit across from me, sit at the end, sit at the head of the table when you're doing, when you're negotiating, like things like that. Um, and the best joke was there was a moment where she, where she thinks she's talking to her husband about like, she thinks it's not going to, uh, she doesn't know if it's going to work out or she's going to ask to be removed and have somebody else named. And her husband's just kind of like, well, that's, that's what you think is best, but it's, it's really kind of unfortunate. She's like, what do you mean? I really wanted to get a blowjob from the prime minister. <laughs> like, you guys. You guys, oh, are so, you guys are so funny. Um, she basically forms a coalition of smaller parties to like get enough seats to form a government and oust these other two guys. And it's like she calls in the the acting prime minister. And it's like, yep, we're going in another direction. You're out. Out. Take take it, Birgit. So Borgen continues to be delightful, and the only other thing I'm watching, obviously, it pained me to watch it without you. <gasps> Pop team epic. Pop a tippy peek. Um, can I just say I've made the mistake of now going into um, like 
the explaining the references videos that come up later oh, no. on. Caitlin, we are so washed. There's so much in this show we don't get. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what happens when I, I talked about this one time, like the feeling of be, of missing out from a culture. It's not even being... that the bit that we love the most from the last episode. Yeah. With the stretching neck. In the Marilyn Monroe. It's an Undertale joke. Undertale. It's a joke from that video game Undertale. I don't know what that is. Well, that's you're, you're doubly washed. I'm yeah. doubly washed. Oh, God. Undertale was like an, an indie RPG that came out a few years ago and everybody lived for its aesthetic. And I guess B-Cub, <laughs> the creator of Pop Team Epic, really loved it as well. And there was like another reference to uh, to Undertale in this week's episode. And the creator of Undertale is a huge Pop Team Epic fan and was like on his, twi- <laughs> on his Twitter, like, I can't believe they animated this. <laughs> oh, we can believe they animated it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they animated this is basically the uh, the entire aesthetic of the show. Uh, got the origin story of Hell Shakiano this week. Amazing. Um, I like to think that it's a good thing that I can enjoy it even without not knowing like any of the references. <laughs> without guessing. <laughs> Anyway, Pop Team Epic, still out there, still delightful. We got other things to watch. We got so many other things to watch, y'all. And when we come back so from this break, we're going to talk about the things that we brought each other. Another fucking mismatch of oh, such a mish- properties mash. again. But we always make it work somehow. It's going to be good. And I believe in us. <laughs> I believe in us, too. BRB. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show when we talk about the things we brought each other. Good? Yeah. Okay. I'll continue. <laughs> but first, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure there were no ghosts or anything. Nope. No ghosts. No garbles. Okay. But first, before we get into what we brought each other, we have some rules. You have to have rules. It's very important to have some kind of guideline. Yes. Because if you don't, then you get a show like Pop Team Epic. It's just chaos, madness. And as, as much as we love that show, we don't <laughs> want that to be our show. No, we could not make that show. We could not. <laughs> we could not. We could not. We could not. Um, so our first rule is the rule of three, which is the rule that if something comes in episodes or issues or in parts of any kind, we will watch, take in, read three of them. You got to give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Half applicable, sort of, this week. Half applicable. Second rule, hashtag save it for the pod. You have to save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing before you watch it. Not That's not what this is. No. Totally Steve Carelling right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what this is. Do not talk about the thing before you get in front of these microphones. It's not fair to the audience, Caitlin. No, they want to know what we think. They need the takes. We've already promised them we're not going to give them troll takes, but we're going to give them honest, fresh, piping hot, delicious takes. Even if the things we give each other are from a long time ago. Yes. I was the one with the long, the old ass thing this week. I know. Mine was still a little 
technically dated. Everything, if it's a week old, it's dated now, right? Like, <laughs> that's the world we live in. That's how the world works. Yeah. Um, finally, there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. Does it matter this week? Meh. Meh. Like we said, they're both really old. One thing. You can't spoil. Who cares? <laughs> you could say everything that happens. It doesn't matter. Yep. And the other thing is not real spoilery. No. It's a Disney no, movie. It's not. She wins. I win. <laughs> Surprise. I win. We like to alternate, so I think that means this week we're going to talk about the thing that Caitlin brought me. That is correct. And that thing is Moana. I'm so excited. I can't believe you haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, half of me believes it. Like, half of me is like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. But then there's another half of me that's like, really? You didn't even check it out? It was on Netflix? No. Were you even curious? No. Too much no? water. Okay. Too- right. Oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. 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 I am so sorry about that. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. To the setup. The setup is an adventurous teenager sails out on a daring mission to save her people. During her journey, Moana meets the once mighty demigod Maui, who guides her in her quest to become a master wayfinder. Together, they sail across the open ocean, sorry again, on an action-packed voyage, encountering enormous monsters, sorry, and impossible odds. Along the way, Moana fulfills the ancient quest of her ancestors and discovers the one thing she always sought, her own identity. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Moana is a 2016 American 3D computer animated musical fantasy adventure film. That's Jesus actually Christ. what its name is on Wikipedia. It is by Walt Disney Animation Studios. Um, it is the 56th Disney animated feature film. And it stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, I can't always remember how to say her name. Auli'i Cravalo, I think. Um, and really, and Jermaine Clement, and those are kind of... Oh, and Alan Tudyk, he plays the chicken. Um, those are really the only people we care about. I realized at the end, yes. It was directed by John Clements and John Musker. They're Disney people. Basically, they've sold their souls. Um, <laughs> what? People who work at Disney sell their souls. We all know this. Um, and yeah, it was did really well. It was amazing. It was uh, it, it uses a lot of Polynesian influences, um, and I had a lot of fun watching it. How about you? For reasons I don't think I can even still explain, yeah. as this movie concluded, I just realized I have nothing to say about this movie. Nothing? <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. I nothing. think I'm... Dead inside? Maybe, very possibly. <laughs> very possibly i feel like this style of animation i'm kind of over like they all kind of look like they're made out of clay and just i don't know just something about the character designs and the style of animation i didn't think maui's design was that good it was kind of like off-putting to me um and i didn't feel like there was a lot of they're there on any of the elements not on the young girl discovering herself aspect of it um 
it was it was right at the moment where it was revealed that you know the fire demon was not actually a villain where i was like this movie actually has a really bad villain problem because i don't know what anybody's motivations are right now um but it's to restore the heart to nefiti and and it's you know it's been some sure it's based on folklore and mythology and those like those are very primal stories they don't run very deep on characterization necessarily um but just it wasn't I could have done with more of the chicken. <laughs> really? Chicken was a very, very part of the movie. The chicken was pretty good. And I mean, like I started off really into it. Like I was really liking it at the start, but then I don't know, somewhere about the midpoint or like the, the detour with the crab. I was like, okay, the crab got the best song in the movie. Um, what are you talking about? This is the best song in the movie. Music. <sighs> musically it was the best song in the movie um i'm not talking about how it was like performed or what it resonates with your soul and those are all important things jordan though (laughs) if if you have a soul sure (laughs) (laughs) if you just want something that sounds good the crab got the best part in the movie got the best song in the movie um and the best end credit scene um (laughs) if i was tiny with a jamaican accent you'd be rooting for me um (laughs) But just, I just, I just wasn't feeling it for some reason. Like I could recognize like all these things are being done very well. And I am happy that a movie centered in a culture that we never get to see movies based on exists and was put out. And that Disney of all people like put this out and seemed to be very respectful of it, of the culture and the people performing in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but by the end, I was like, this could have been like 45 minutes long. Like, I think that that is your opinion. <laughs> Listen, and I'm clearly wrong. The movie made a bajillion dollars and parents well, from coast to coast have to listen to that one fucking song. She sings like eight times, like um, nine there, times I per car have, trip. I do have some criticisms. There were not enough songs in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's, that's your man's takes on you know your man's feels about musicals so um there were not enough songs in that movie but it thought it was like a good time right now it made so much money because it's a kid's movie yeah and the majority of stuff that's put out is not for children um so basically as a parent you like if it comes your way you take it and it's not frozen so like, yeah, and listen i'm sure that's i'm sure if i was a parent i'd much rather be having listening to that in the car eight times per trip to the grocery store than the damn frozen soundtrack. But I appreciate that Disney is the only type of company that could have made this movie. Cause they're the only ones that w- would be like, and eh, fuck it. We have a bajillion dollars. Let's just try it. Right. And they did. And it worked out, which is better for everyone. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, it was, it was fine. I liked Moana as a character. I did not really like Maui as a character. He didn't seem to, you know, he was thin, but again, if he's a character based from mythology, there's not a lot of there there. They're just archetypes. Um, I liked his, I liked how his little tattoos told stories. Yeah. Or how he'd fight with his tattoos. Yeah. Um. It was all nice. Just a nice movie. The, the, the Rock, I don't think would argue with me. Not the best singer in the world. He was fine. He's fine. He's not like Russell Crowe, but he's not like, <laughs> you know, he, he ain't. He ain't Anthony Rapp either. 
don't know why the Anthony Rapp is the one who came talking about Star Trek. Maybe thinking, yeah, Rapp. I was gonna say because I talk about Star Trek so much. Um, and, and maybe it was just you know the the overarching you know dread that some you know only a handful of whales in this movie, usually Maui, changing into one. Yes. Uh, yes. But every time she had to dive down to go get that freaking rock from the bottom of the ocean, I was like, mm, mm, mm. I'm so sorry. I mm. completely forgot. For those listeners who don't know. Who doesn't know Jordan, by this point? Well, new listeners, people who are checking out all our Skype uh, Skype episodes because they like hearing someone come out of a tin can. Uh, Jordan has a phobia of oceans and ocean creatures. And lakes and lake creatures. Listen, Any giant body of water and the creatures that are in that giant body of water. My dad wouldn't have to worry about me heading for the boat. <laughs> like, don't go on the boat. Cool. Ocean be like, cool, come hang with me. We're fun. I'm like, mm, soft pass, bro. <laughs> Do you like beaches? You drop as many colorful shells on the beach as you want. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of beaches. Okay. I don't. I don't want sand everywhere. I'm not a fan of sand. Right. Oh, you're just like from like Anakin from Star Wars. <laughs> how so? Oh, there, it's a famous thing. He he has a terrible speech about how much he hates sand. Well, it's me, me and young Anakin. Yes, we both yeah. hate sand. Yeah, just no. Okay. I've never had shoes well suited for it. I've never been. A, I don't like flip flops. Okay. People's feet shouldn't be out. I don't like feet. <laughs> wow. All right. So For a guy raised Catholic, every... I have a lot of real like <laughs> Jewish sort of things about <laughs> Jewish Jewish style opinions about uh you know how things should be. I am um, I'm not going to give you uh I'm going to try not to give you any like ocean based Movies like I'm not going to give you Little Mermaid or anything. I'm going to try and keep you away from the ocean as best as possible. That's fine. The Little Mermaid is fine because in you know 1990 whatever we did not have the but, technology to accurately recreate you know underwater lighting effects. It's true. Underwater lighting effects, flat. not crazy. And another thing, I'm only marginally okay with stingrays, but even you know Grandma's reincarnation there was like. Mm. <laughs> Mm. And I like the grandma. She's the best part of the film. She came when Cosmic Stingray started shooting light up out of the ocean. I'm like, Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> Stay the fuck down there. Stay the fuck down there and leave me alone. I'm crawling in the hole with the chicken. Oh, dear. <laughs> we are just going to cool, cool the F out. It was fine. It was a kid's movie. I thought it was too long. Right. <laughs> but I think everything is too long, as we know. Um, yeah, because you're old. And I feel like when it was over, if I went back and charted all the like story beats, it's like, well, nothing really happened here. I I disagree, but I do think that, I mean, it was a voyage, right? It takes a while. Doing lots of the fighting of people for the heart of Nefertiti. No, <laughs> Nefertiti. Tefiti. Nefertiti, there we go. Come Nefertiti, come on now. Keep your goddesses hey. straight. I'm trying. Well, like you know, she, she got on the boat, and then she had to find Maui, and then she found Maui, and then she had to convince Maui hey. to hang with him, 
And then, and then they had to find his then, hook. Then they got along. And then they had to get the hook. And then they got along, and they didn't get along, and then he came back and they won. Yeah. The end. The end. That's like, a, that, that treatment is like half a page on Microsoft Word. Yeah, but it's all the stuff in between that makes the story. Looking at looking at stars, holding your hands up. Oh no, there was a there was there was a piss joke in there that made me laugh. I gotta say that. <laughs> he was lying face down in the canoe. Trying to yes, their, no, I know. Like when the current gets the current gets warm, it's how you know you're going the right way. It's like the water's cold. It's getting warmer. Oh, it's like <laughs> yeah, you beat on ran. Oh dear. Okay. Well, what what's your rating? Seven point five for effort. What? 7.5? That's really good. I was expecting it not to be that good. But like, just because it's not for me, I can't appreciate what went into it. It ain't for me. All right. Well, I'm glad you gave it that rating. I appreciate you appreciate what if, went into if it. If you don't hate the ocean, if you have children's. <laughs> if you like musicals. If you, if you like Disney or musicals, neither of which I'm a huge fan of. And like, listen, Disney is much more sufferable than they were you know, 10 years ago, even <laughs> what, what about me makes you think that any sort of place that dubs itself the happiest place on earth is really like going to be my jam. It's true. You call yourself the happiest place on earth. You're hiding something. You're hiding something. Nobody's that happy. <laughs> no place is that happy. The happiest place on earth. Kiss my ass. What are you hiding? Wow. Walt, shots fired at Disney. Walt, Walt, all shots fired at Disney. <laughs> they're going to be my, they're going to own me in uh, you know, 20 years. As they will own all of us. But they don't own us yet. Nope. So, that's on your Netflix. Partake. Just sitting there. If you fit into all any of the uh, demographics previously mentioned. So, moving on. How did we even get to this? Couple I ways. don't know. Couple ways. I originally given Caitlin, I was mad early with it too. I was like, blam, you're watching this. She's still going to watch that at some point, but just not this week. Um, I was mad early with it. Felt great about myself. Give it to her now. Boom. And then I put the Funimation app back on my PlayStation, which I just hadn't done yet. If you don't mind dubs, the Funimation app is actually a much better experience for free than Crunchyroll is. Because right. Funimation is primarily deals and dubs, but sometimes it'll be like, yeah, this shit's old. Nobody wants to watch it anyway, so yeah, go nuts. Sit through a few ads. So when I loaded Funimation back up, it loaded my, you know, viewing queue, the things I'd been watching before. And sitting in there was the thing I brought Caitlin this week. And I thought to myself, hmm, man, I forgot all about that show. That show was fucking nuts. And we, that was. And we really love pop team epic and this was kind of pop team epic before pop team epic and i don't think a lot of people even remember this show or they definitely don't talk about it enough so damn it calling an audible i said kate you're watching excel saga yeah yeah she is excel yeah i did excel saga is a 26 episode anime based on a manga by koshi rikdo which ran from 1995 to 2011 the anime came out in 1999 1999 yo and was called quack experimental anime xl saga 
And it ran for, like I said, 26 episodes. The final episode did not air on broadcast because it was deliberately what? made so violent and over the top that it could only be aired or they only released it uh, on home on the home version or on the DVD version when it was released. So what the hell is this show about? Uh, in theory, the show is about a criminal organization called Across which believes the world to be corrupt and they want to take over the world. They are based out of uh, the city of Fukuoka, I believe. And the first step in their plan for world domination is to focus on one city, that being Fukuoka. The leader of Across is Il Palazzo. Il Palazzo. Il Palazzo Sama. <laughs> and his uh, one employee, at least in the early goings, that being XLXL, both her first and last name is XL. She yep. is in love with El Palazzo. She is very enthusiastic and also incompetent. And they are later joined by uh, Hyatt, who in this version of the show, or in this version of the story, is I'm some sort of space princess, a Martian princess of some sort. Um, in the manga, she's just a girl who answers a wand ad. In both versions, she is very frail and constantly fainting, dying, coughing up blood, even during the performance of the opening theme song. Mm-hmm. It's just my, literally my favorite bit in any anime. Uh, and they also uh, live in an apartment in the city and have a dog named Menchi, which is, serves as their emergency food ration. And the dog live, perpetually lives in fear that it's going to be eaten at any given time. And the show is basically every episode is just a riff complete from the uh, manga author giving his permission at the start of every episode Yep, for the anime to or for the manga to be made into a sci-fi or a romantic comedy or a... A terrible B <laughs> sci-fi or romantic comedy. Or a uh, horror they run through. I, I have not seen the entire series. I think when I was like last burning through it, I got to about episode 12. I know they do a Magical Girls style. I know they do a Fist of the North style style. And maybe it's just... Maybe why I was like immediately retaken with this show was because as much as like there are so many references in pop team epic that I don't get. There are so many references in this show that like kids would not get like episode three when she's like in the jungle and it's like commando and like, Oh yeah. The show director uh, plays a large part in the show. His name is Nabishin. He has a giant Afro and dresses like Lupin the third. Um, yes. <laughs> he is the director of the show. He shows up a lot. He looks that way in real life. Um, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a sub he's always like in a subplot or cameo cameoing somehow uh he rescues somebody and like from the military base in like a man in an iron mask type outfit when he takes the mask off the character looks like Maytel from galaxy express 39 um <laughs> classic 70s Leiji matsumoto anime uh, think the video for one more time by daft punk like that's the character style because Matsumoto did all those. Those are the references that this show is loaded in that I get. Um, it's so over the top. It notoriously destroyed the voice of the English voice actress. Um, uh, yeah, we'll at, talk about that in a second. After 13 episodes. Yeah, because whether you watched Japanese or English um, can determine probably your enjoyment of the show. Yeah, shouts to Jessica Calvalo, I believe her name was, who did the first th 13 episodes of Excel Saga before she blew her voice out literally and could not finish the show. And shouts to the Japanese actress, who I cannot remember her name, but in investigating, realized she did the vo voice of Masato from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Very cool. Wasn't expecting that. 
Anyway, this show's batshit crazy. It's just the kind of batshit crazy that I love. Is this the sort of batshit crazy that Caitlin McKinnon can get any enjoyment out of? Caitlin McKinnon. I, I think <laughs> that to anyone who is interested in, the, in this show, I have to tell you to watch the sub. Do not watch the dub. You're going sub. For the love of God. <laughs> she real loud. The vo- It's so annoying. <laughs> it is... So annoying and so bad. No wonder she blew her her voice out. It's a it's, little. It's aggressive, and it's grating. Um, the Japanese version, not so much. Yes, she's still very loud and like out there, but it's not as screechy. And yes, I actually had to change. I started with the dub, mm. and I went. I can't do this. <laughs> like I can't do that. I got to like half of the first episode and was like, I can't. So I looked for the sub and it was much better. Um, and I found that actually in, that, in a whole bunch of different um, animes. Um, I keep on meaning to go back to, um, uh, you, I think it might have been one of the first things you ever gave me. Um, very, very Sailor Mooney sword gets pulled out of her body. Utena? Yes. I've always meant to go back because I watched the dub. And everyone's told me that was a terrible mistake. <laughs> now, uh, it uh, it's just it's hard because it's one of those things where there are things I love about it, and then I but I hate the main character. Oh, you hate so her so much. She's so incompetent and <laughs> ridiculous, and that poor. I thought it was a cat, but everyone calls it a dog. <laughs> dog yeah. And I'm like, are you guys sure? Because I'm pretty sure it's a cat. <laughs> Sorry, I have to mention that. <laughs> so not only does the opening credits have the two girls singing the theme song as Hyatt coughs up blood and collapses, um, the closing theme song <laughs> is "Oh my God!" Is the cat <gasps> the dog? Keep oh, oh, sorry, cat, whatever. Is the dog singing an Enka ballad about how it's come to terms with being eaten? How he's come to terms with being eaten? She Just, is it she? It's a she. They, this uh, third episode, they make a, a oh, thing about okay. that. Um, oh, please eat her fast if you're going to eat her. And she's just going. <laughs> and someone's translating. And there's a woman on the side with a book translating <laughs> in Japanese. Why? <laughs> anyway. Uh, um, I The third episode is when you get the addition of the second character. Yes. Um, and that was good. Because they're both ridiculous in different ways. The main character, like, I don't, I didn't hate her, hate her, I guess. But I just was like, ugh, she got really annoying. That was, that was it. Um, uh, but I did like all of the other characters, except I did not like the weird, rapey space god. <laughs> the great will of the macrocosm? Yes. She was like sexually assaulting. What's his name? Pedro. Pedro. Pedro, who just wants to get back to his child and his sexy wife. Yes, it was awful. It was like, what the hell? Like that we, was a really weird part of the third episode. If we even tried to decide like what happened, like how, like we're just mentioning characters, but if you if you tried to like explain why these characters are there, you can't. It like, just is, and the. The best thing was in like the first episode where they keep on like resetting everything. <laughs> she keeps dying. Yeah. And they're like, you can't die. And they'll reset it. 
Um, I really like that. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. There's no real storyline, right? Every every episode she's given sort of this crazy mission that has nothing to do with anything. Um, I do love the director character you were talking about. <laughs> Him showing up for no reason is great. Uh, and yeah, it's sort of silly and all over the place. And I'm sure there's lots of references I don't get. Um, I do love her boss. <laughs> he writes for Il, Il Palazzo Sama. Il Palazzo. Um, yeah, he's ridiculous. And like, he'll ask her opinions on things that have nothing to do with her mission. Um, and I do love that the like creator and animator shows up. Like singing a, a song, singing a song about how manga artists are the scum of the earth. The scum of the earth. Uh, I like all of that. Um, and I loved the little cute things in the third episode. Of the, the aliens? Cute bears. Yep. Kawaii. <laughs> um, those were great. Uh, and I do love uh, Slowly Dying Girl. <laughs> and I... I, oh, I absolutely love the the intro song. It reminded me, actually, of a show you you know it, Freakazoid. Okay, yeah. Um, where like there is no fourth wall. <laughs> there is no like. There's a now Freakazoid had much more of a plot, but it still had like weird things intercut it, um, and the way it looked was very strange. Like it didn't have a set style almost. Like there was it did a lot of different things with like angles and characters just like popping up in places like angels or like one of the best scenes was in the, so in the first episode, the main character, her Excel, her, she, she has a, you know, a good side and a bad side. So a devil and an angel <laughs> and they're fighting. And then finally the angel shoots the devil. And in the second episode, she gets arrested. The angel gets arrested for shooting the devil and gets taken away in a cop car, yeah. but like a miniature cop car. Yeah. Like that was one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> it, it, like if you hadn't watched the first one, you would have had no idea what was going on. Um, so I like, I like the little things like that. Um, when in the third episode with the flooding, when she, um, and she, uh, Excel finds the dog again, um, on this, uh, the dogs trying to swim away, um, and there are these three little cherubs, and like the cherubs like fly <laughs> away and abandon the dog. She's like, Meow. Um, I liked all that stuff. Um, now I have heard, and I'm probably going to settle in for like an actual full rewatch of this show now because I never did see how it ended. Didn't see this infamous. Episode 26, I've heard it's, like, one of the best Sailor Moon ripoffs, like, ever, to the point where they made an OVA based on whatever the, uh, whatever version of Magical Girl they did in this show. Pumi Pumi Poemi, I think it was called. Um, I have heard these, like, you do get an antagonist for them by, like, episode 5. Um, in the opening credits, you see some sort of shadowy dude with a very geometric-looking head. Right. And there's like a, oh, they like pose and then they leap at him sort of thing in the opening credits. He shows up. He works with like the city government and that that becomes the two forces. Um, the three 
unemployed dudes who live next door to her end up working for the city. And like the threads do start to kind of like tie together, even like Pedro's story of <laughs> his sexy wife. Aban- Sorry, he calls her sexy wife repeatedly. She doesn't have a name. Um, yeah. His quest to like get back with her or like, you know, reunite with her while the great will of the macrocosm is <laughs> trying to sleep with him. Um, ties in with Nabishin's story as well, whatever he's been doing in the background, and it all like ties into like the threads all kind of come together, and I just want to see how the fuck they're going to pull that off, right? To anything that makes air quotes sense. sense. But yeah, I was just curious to have like a throwback look at this, given that you and I have been watching Pop Team Epic, and we love its absurdity, and I totally forgot about this show till it popped up on my my old Funimation history and was like, Oh, like I've owned a couple DVDs from this show. Um, and just remembering like, Oh, right. This show was batshit crazy. So what's, how does nineties batshit crazy stack up against like, you know, 2018 batshit crazy. I like 2018 batshit crazy better, but props to nineties batshit crazy because they were definitely taking a risk and they, they definitely did some fun things and they definitely paved the way. Right. I don't think a lot of the times we could have the shows we had today if we didn't have the shows back then. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm going to do the same as you. I'm going to give it 7.5. Um, 7.5 for effort. For, for, for what it is. It, it, they do have some really great parts. Um, but I just am not, like I don't care about the main character enough. Um, I feel bad for her sometimes. Uh, but yeah, like it was good and it was a good watch, but I'm not going to continue watching it probably. Well, fine. More for me. I mean, I, there's still so many things I have to finish, like finish watching. That's the thing, right? My God. There's so many things. I think that Joel McHale show just went up today. Yeah, check that show out when we're done here. Awesome. I'm going to ho- go have a nap. <laughs> Caitlin's going to pass the hell out and hope that her uh, uterus heals while she's unconscious. Yes. I'm going to go watch the Joel McHale show, which means we got to get out of here. Yeah, we really, got to go. We got to skedaddle. Who wants to listen to any more of a damn Skype episode? Right? It sounds like I'm talking out of tin can. But still, we do this for you, people. Yeah. Because you need your content. If you want to let us know how much you appreciate everything we do for you, you can tweet at us, GeekdownPod, at GeekdownPod. You can tag us in an Instagram photo of just you making hard eyes at the camera, at GeekdownPod. You can email us a lengthy missive declaring your love for us, which is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Or you can do the same on our and show it to the world, not just us. Declare it to the world on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. And if you're like the only way I can sufficiently express my love for you, geekdownpod, is by parting with some of my hard-earned money. We can accommodate that as well, and we appreciate you, and we thank you. If you go to patreon.com slash geekdownpod, you find out all about how to do that. I think that's all, all the business taken care of. I think that is all the business. So on that note, we will take our break. Get out of here. Hopefully, we will both join you next week. Until then, my name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back next week for another episode of the Geekdown Podcast. See you next week.
y'all don't know anything. And the version, that was a good one. I literally, that time I didn't do anything. I was being perfectly still. I don't know if you have a draft in your house. <laughs>